You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Peter Strickland is back with Flux Gourmet. You might remember him from such films uh, directing as In Fabric just a few years ago, The Duke of Burgundy, which uh, I've heard is fantastic, and uh, The Barbarian Sound Studio. Uh, He has a knack for creating really, really, really weird movies and interesting characters with, uh, at least from what I remember with Barbarian Sound Studio, is uh, just a, a really intense interest in sound and sound design and so you could uh, like at least i know within fabric and you know spoiler i actually have not seen any of his films so now i do <laughs> definitely want to go see it after flux gourmet but uh it's an odd way that he uh puts his stories together where it almost seems like a horror film at least like with flux gourmet but not entirely. It's just the the way that there is this tension and dread, and it reminds me of a lot of other filmmakers out there. But uh, Flux Gourmet is about a um, a band, I guess you could say, that has uh, been commissioned to uh, to join this uh, what is it Sonic Catering Institute uh, that's led by uh, Gwendolyn uh, Christie. Uh, as Jan Stevens, who has this band uh, that uh, is actually a part of with uh, Fatma Muhammad uh, with, as L, uh, Aza Butterfield as Billy, and uh, Ariana uh, Labid as uh, Lamina. And what they do is they basically utilize food to make noise and soundscapes and music, and it is intense and weird. And in the middle of all of this, there is one person, uh, Stones, who's played by uh, Maquis, okay, forgive me, Papa Di Demtrio, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he is basically documenting this whole process of them going through their artistic efforts of making the music, uh, utilizing the food, and going through these different exercises, and uh, and basically working up to the very end, which is this huge masterpiece of uh, of this of this performance. But uh, with me today to talk about Flux Gourmet, I have Sarah Jane. Hey there. I have Frank. Hello. And I have Matt. Hey, hey, hey. So this this is a wild movie, and I have to say, I'm going to quote uh, Matt Dillon here from uh, uh, Something About Mary. I kind of liked it. Uh, so <laughs> That is a signature I, uh, quote, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I uh, I kind of dug for how wild and weird and uh, it, what it makes me think of is actually the the guy who did uh, like the lobster and uh, I forget his name. Uh, the, the director. Yes, yeah. uh, I've seen like you know uh, the Dog Tooth and all of his other films. And this Peter Strickland uh, strikes me as the person as wow, you make hit th- these kind of stories and ideas oddly a little bit more accessible. 
and I mean, I like uh, the the other those other films and uh, that other filmmaker, but this one right here, uh, I just kind of had fun with how just odd and <laughs> s- sort of engaging it was. But I'd love to learn know what you guys thought about this. Sarah, Sarah Jane, what did you think about Flux Gourmet? Uh, well, just to bring it back to Yorgos, uh, the actress who plays Lamina is actually married to him. That's right. Mm. Um, I actually have seen all of Peter Strickland's movies, and I always go into them with a little bit of trepidation because, you know, it's like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> and honestly, this one, just by watching the trailers, I thought there was going to be um, some... Let's see, what's the right word for it? I thought, you know, like a scategorical stuff. And so I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So I was a little bit trepidatious in going to see this. But after watching it, I was like, okay, it's the usual Peter Strickland. So um, I really liked it a lot. I mean, um, I remember going to see In Fabric in the theaters. And I just, it, it was... I was sitting in the front row and I just was laughing hysterically at how much I was just enjoying it. I thought it was great. So I'd actually like to go and see this one in the theater as well. Sure. I I would like to do that too. And to your point about in fabric again, now I'm deeply interested to go see all of his films and I've been meaning to at some point, but I was kind of taken aback by how funny this movie is. And it's, there's a there's basically and actually the comedy has a point to it too but there is this whole runner throughout the film where the guy uh, stones who's documenting everything he is basically going through the worst case of like gas and heartburn i guess anyone could because he's trying not to disrupt their uh, art making process and he is basically talking about like and the farts are destroying my life and i do not know what to do with myself <laughs> and it's this like whole narration of him talking about he doesn't want to fart and it is it's kind of hysterical, and again, it kind of has a point uh, with the the story of the the film. Uh, Frank, what did you think? I, I'm assuming you've seen all of uh, Peter Strickland's movies. Uh, I have not. I have not seen. Um, uh, was that Caitlin Varga? And oh yeah, and and I haven't seen Duke of Burgundy, but oh. I saw In Fabric. Uh, I was actually on vacation. Um, and I saw that and Midsummer back to back. It was a fun afternoon. Jesus uh, yeah. Christ! Yeah. Well, I was I was visiting my my friends, um, and we were just in like hell. No, my well, in <laughs> London in the summertime, but uh, and we went to this little art house cinema, and then you know it was like a, it was like they serve wine but not soda and sort of thing. So we were like we, yeah we, we watched Midsummer. Let's watch something else. It's in fabric thing, and it's it's really great. And um, that was that, and that was actually my second Peter Strickland experience. But because uh, Barbarian F- Film Studios was my introduction to him, and mm-hmm. I think you're right. You're so on point about the sound, and you're you're really on point about the humor because he is such a funny filmmaker, and he really, really is such a. He's got such a hand at um, absurdist humor, and yeah. you know, and finding the funny and the surreal. Um, he does that. Uh, he does that less in Barbarian Sound Studios. But uh, but he really does it in fabric, and I think here uh, in Flux Gourmet he really is at his most hilarious. And even like just like speaking to the um, the the documenter and his his uh, his plot line, um, I, I found that more and more hysterical. Like with each passing each passing scene, like when he gets the ultrasound, I just thought I, I was yes. like I was laughing my ass off. And when he gets his diagnosis, <laughs> it's just a simple diagnosis, and he's like oh, choking yeah. the doctor. <laughs> It was just like I was just in stitches. I I was and um, and 
you know, I, this film is just so full of just interesting imagery that's also incredibly odd in the most in like intoxicating kind of way. Like like their performance pieces when they're shopping. Yeah. I mean, I was just like I was transfixed. I'm like in in no other world would I be would would I be taken by this. But like right now, it had me all in, and I thought that that's Peter Strickland. That's that that's him, and his his ear for dialogue is fantastic. Um, what's that? That actress Fatma, Fatma. Fatma, yeah, she's in a few mm-hmm. of she's, his other she, films. Yeah, right? she's been all. She's yeah, she all started she, um, uh, in fabric. Yeah, yeah, she was the shopkeeper in In Fabric, um, who sells Marianne Jean Baptiste the dress, and she has that wonderful line when Marianne Jean Baptiste is like, "Oh, I don't know, I'm sure if I want to buy this dress," and she's like. Uh, the hesitancy of your voice, soon to be an echo in the recesses of the spheres of retail, and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant, and it's that same kind of like banter and um, you know, writing here, and it's yeah, th- th- this was a treat. This is for the Peter Strickland fan, or you know, if, if this is an introduction to Strickland, this is a great jumping off point as well. Yeah, definitely, Matt. You've been oddly quiet. What what do you think about Flux Gourmet? Okay, I'm going to start my conversation about pretension in the most pretentious possible way. I was t- <laughs> I was talking to a friend about Infinite Jest the other day. <laughs> y- you know, you had that you had that situation where David Foster Wallace wrote the best possible novel that you could write, satirizing Ponzi tennis fuckboys, but he had to be a Ponzi tennis fuckboy to do it, right? And and so I kind of had that vibe at first like i don't know if this guy this is this is clearly an an attempt at satire it's not on the level he does not think these people are are good you know (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but then you also have to ask yourself like how successful is it being and at first i was not taken in by it it took a minute for the humor to creep up on me you know Mm -hmm. and 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 unfortunately fortunately the um the sort of ridiculous aspect of it escalates sufficiently on a on a on a well structured enough timeline throughout the movie that you do kind of like like eventually you have no choice but to be like okay okay I get it this is a bunch of big sillies here this is <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> like um so f- at first I was like well this is a this is a um contemptible this is a movie about contemptible people mm-hmm. and i don't i don't like it because i find them contemptible and then i but they're not even, but they're not turned, even real I people i fully though. turned the uh, yeah i for i for fully turned the corner finally where i was like oh this is this is hilarious because of the because of the bizarre pretense yeah right and and so like i i, I turned the corner on it and ended up really liking it about the, about the time they were really getting in uh you know, really getting in arguments about the uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the the flanger and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a there's also uh, a couple of other subplots that are happening where Jan Stevens, who's the head of the institute, is trying to, um, I guess you could say, persuade or uh, put a little bit more control or power over what the the art pieces and the musics is going to be, and uh, Fatma Muhammad L. She is constantly like, no, this is I for whatever you're going to recommend or suggest, we're going to go against that and and make our own thing or at least her vision of what she wants, whatever the hell this piece is supposed to be. 
and uh, and like even like little minor things that go wrong at points, she's like, it's like that was the worst thing we've ever done in our lives or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone noticed, which is no. also really funny because it's a comment on a lot of art in general where you know people will not recognize like even with films when you know if you made it if you did something by accident or fucked something up i remember this thing where i saw the world premiere of hellboy years ago and i remember guillermo del toro was talking about this where there's a shot in the film where they had to like accidentally uh, mirror or like flip the uh the frame and so all of a sudden the right hand of doom was actually on the left hand of doom for this one shot and he was just always like god damn it as like, i'm so pissed off about this but no one even noticed uh the entire time and he was like yeah i know but you know this it just makes it less of a movie but uh i also love uh, richard bremer uh, as dr glock uh, this this odd, weird, and, and I guess you could say antagonist in the background who's you know giving the diagnoses to yeah. Stones. He's got a Vincent and, Price thing going on, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> and there are these little things after each um, uh, piece. They have like a, a dinner with all the patrons and the, the artists and uh, you know Stones and uh, Jan Stevens. And then Doctor Glock is there for I don't know exactly why. I guess he is one of the patrons that's. Uh, an investor into the institute but he always has this like really awful way of just downplaying uh these speeches that each of the artists give uh each night uh that they have these dinners and he just like you know dismisses it and uh but i don't know i i uh there's a lot going on with this i mean he's simultaneously he's simultaneously kind of an audience voice because like yes like he he obviously he obviously thinks they're like need the wind taken out of them and about that time in the movie you do too but he's also sort of like you know there is a puppet master element to him i think you're 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 correct on that right i try not to say right right but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that that is pretty accurate but then we, we also forget there's another subplot because there there are people that didn't get into the collectives who are kind oh, of pissed yes. <laughs> have yes. a chip on their shoulder yeah if you're going into this thinking that there's going to be i mean for the film, there is like a structure, or there's like a there's enough of a base where you're just not totally f- thrown for a loop. Like it's I think in chapters, uh, isn't it? As well, yeah, yeah, the chapters, yes. but also just like the the world itself. Like you just kind of have to give into it. Like mm-hmm. there, this doesn't exist. This type of institute, and there's not like all these people clamoring to be a part of like I guess food sound artists or whatever the hell this is. Uh, but it. it it establishes enough of a foundation to where you 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 see the the reality that they're in, and it's not too surreal where you just like I have no idea what the fuck's going on now. No, it still has it's still in the in reality, uh, for the most part. Yeah, they just do surreal things. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it did seem like the patrons were really only there for the um, quote unquote after party. Yeah. <laughs> so they could go backstage and congratulate the artists. It yeah. seemed like they were only really interested in that. Yeah. Which, you know. Which is, I guess, maybe another comment on our obsession with celebrity and is like, do we just, in the end, want to fuck the artists? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which, in this case, it kind of insinuates, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but also, you know, wait until they do something great. Uh, well, I, I think that's, that's semi-allegorical because you're saying that the, the people that can't make the art want to be hugged up on the people that can. Which right. is, which is there, there is some real commentary in this, you know, because that's, that's Gwendolyn Christie's character as well, Jan. She, 
very much like that's the whole the whole subplot of her giving notes it's like well i'm paying for this i should get input and then l says no and she says you won't take my notes even if you end up liking them even if it's something you want to do she's no i don't want to see them at all right which is which is honestly like artistically valid because even if you get a a note that you agree with if it comes from outside of like maybe a solicited editor or something Mm -hmm. um other than that if you take some outside idea you're opening yourself up in all kinds of ways you know your your confidence in your art and your um also the the ownership of your art is is now suddenly in doubt so so there is like there is like a serious through line but it's done in a um a way that ends up being very light um one thing I liked about this is like they never, never laugh at the fourth wall in this. Like, like the whole movie is taken completely seriously. Like it's a hundred percent on the level, you know. And the, and the and the comedic aspect is left up to you to perceive or decide. Yeah, but there are a couple. Like, what was the one? Um, there's some really good just shade in it. Like, uh, what was the? Um, <laughs> You didn't. Well, the one chef says to the other one, "You didn't touch your food," and she said, "Well, you should know what that's like." You know, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. some stuff like that that is just is just really it's really dry, like kind of, um, you know, French parlor scene humor, and and I I, I liked all of that a lot. Well, here let's uh, go ahead into final thoughts then, Sarah Jane. Why don't you lead the way? I just uh, wanted to comment on Gwendolyn Christie's clothes. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Her costumes, <laughs> although wild, you know, I would never wear them out or anything. Would you wear what she wore to bed? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I would not. I'm, it's too hot. Yes. <laughs> but everything was really gorgeous. I mean, you know, I, the. I think Giles Deacon, I think maybe is the name of the costumer for her. And it was just amazing. So I really liked it. Um, you know, we talked about how we liked uh, or how Strickland really liked sound. Mm. But his films, and you'll find when you go back, especially if you watch Duke of Burgundy, not only is it the sound, but I mean, his visuals are so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're really lush. And even here, when you're just looking at a hand you know, moving a dial or something, everything, you know, as basic as that is, it still felt really lush and rich to me. And so um, I just really like him. So uh, I, this is going really deep and I had to look in the credits for this, but I'm going to give this eight jars of Miss Sindelsham's chocolate mousses out of 10. Oh, yeah, we almost forgot about technical assistant Jan or whatever his I name was. I knew that was, was going to be your rating. I just knew that was that, that was the rating that was going to come from you. Right? That's great. Yeah, keep out of children. Keep, keep out of children's hands. I think this is even what the, the other jar said, which is great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, how about you? What are your final thoughts? The only problem I would have with this is that it is a little bit maybe inaccessible. Like, like... Like, um, I came perilously close to just dismissing it in like the first 10 minutes. So like, I don't want to spend two hours with these people, mm-hmm. but I'm only docking at one point for that. Um, I would like to admonish everyone. If you watch this at home, watch it on very good headphones or something. Um, because it does have a lot of deliberate, very layered sound design. Yeah. I'm giving it, um, nine out of 10 notches on the flanger. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Frank, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I thought this is so, so much in uh, that Strickland vein, that wheelhouse. I I think he really continues to just outdo himself. And even just seeing one of his films, you don't think that that, that, that could be possible. They are all so different. And yet the there are elements about them that are just... Um, that 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 just really you know are unforgettable. Um, this guy's a great filmmaker. I, I continuously um, just uh, I'm, he's become one of my favorites. I really do need to go back and see Duke of Burgundy and um, the other one, um, which Catelyn Varga. Yeah, that's the one. Um, but I I like this. This was surrealist. It was absurdist. It had you know, lots of gallows humor interspersed throughout. Um, the visuals, as we said, the, the, the production design all across the board is really great. Um, I didn't think that there's an unforgettable character in there. Listen, he got, uh, he got a performance out of Asa Butterfield that I didn't think Asa Butterfield could deliver. I don't have a problem with Asa Butterfield, but I have a problem remembering Asa Butterfield a lot of the times. And this time I didn't. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, he's, you know, Strickland's continuously a filmmaker that I, enjoy watching um and we'll continue to enjoy watching i think i liked in fabric a lot more to be honest mm-hmm. with you because i think that um just the places that movie went um 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 it that just was just more my more my cup of tea but yeah uh, this is i was really pleased with this like this is what i wanted to be from this filmmaker so um yeah no there's nothing that I wish I had more of or less of or should have been there that wasn't. So I'm going to go ahead and give this nine out of 10 omelets that are apparently, if you order them and eat them, are just, it's just really bad news. Do not eat a fucking omelet. Oh my God. You fetishist, Frank. <laughs> I, I really did uh, enjoy this and, and kind of love it actually. Mm. I, it, this now makes me want to go back even more so to watch all of his other films and, uh, and just see his his style uh, start to. It's going to be fun, kind of going back. Uh, I might even go back just like the last one, Linton Fabric, and then go back uh, mm. that way instead of starting from the very beginning and just seeing how his uh, his filming filmmaking technique it just evolved over time. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think the everything from the the production design, the sound design is absolutely incredible. Uh, the acting is really really good and funny and deadpan. And the the story and just the the idea of this is so weird, but you could still kind of cut through and make your own um, up your own ideas of what it is meaning uh, with like the metaphors and about you know taking art too seriously or whatever, and is it too pure and what blah blah blah. But um, it's it's funny. I actually was reminded of uh, another film that I just recently saw at the very very end of the movie, which. I think it, this movie is actually a great companion piece to Crimes of the Future hmm. uh, because there is a realization at the end of the film from one of the characters that it was almost like mirrored the exact same way at the end of Crimes of the Future. I was like, holy shit. And it, and it earned it too. And I, I, in a lot of ways, I think this actually earned it more than Crimes of the Future. I actually, I, I didn't want to bring Crimes of the Future up on this review because there's like so many parallels right it would, be all, it would it could be a whole other review <laughs> right so uh i but i definitely enjoyed this i probably had a lot more fun with this than uh, a lot of other films right now even for how surreal and absurd it, it is but i'm gonna give this 
Uh, nine out of ten farts you definitely should not hold in. You should <laughs> no. Let go, man. That let it go. Poor guy. Poor but, guy, guys. Yeah. Jeez Louise. But yeah. Criminy.